Hey Star Wars fans, welcome to another episode of the Jedi Council and can I just add to that, it is the first episode of 2022 and for some of us it feels like it's the first in about a good few years because uh, we have been missing from behind at the microphone so it is good to be back with you, it is me the host Alex and it is nice to be back and I am not alone, what a rubbish podcast that would be if I was, I am joined by three other members of the Jedi Council, not a full house sadly as we don't have Mera, Mera's currently poorly at the moment um, so we do wish her well and hopefully she'll be back behind the mic with us at some point in time but we do have my good brother and buddy in the force 250 odd miles north of me from manchester it's dave say hello dave hello dave hello good to have you back my man and it's we also mr contrary ready for his crazy opinions i'm sure that are going to be coming about our up and coming topics mr alistair clark say hello ali hello no, nothing contrary. I'm surprised at that. All right. Good to have you back. Um, and we do have our good friend from across the pond on the West Coast, some 5,000 miles, maybe a bit further than that. And yeah. just outside of LA is Justin. Say hello, Justin. Hello, everybody. Hey, welcome back, gentlemen. Good to have everyone behind the microphone. How are we all doing in 2022? That's a very open question, so I'm going to direct it to Dave first. <laughs> good good yes um <clears throat> yeah just good <laughs> it's like let's see what this year brings <laughs> well after the last couple of years who bloody knows um <laughs> ali how you doing mate good to have you back uh, i i'm good yep good raring to go sent dave a brilliant video the other day about why the rise of skywalker was terrible hope we can discuss that at some point dave that was very good. That uh, was one of the best things I've seen. And the, the how can I phrase it? How it was put together, how it was consistent and coherent. It was better than the entire sequel trilogy. I should send it round to everyone. I just always assume everyone thinks I hate Star Wars. And so Dave's the only one who shares my hate of that sequel trilogy. Maybe I should have shared it with everyone. I'm starting to feel bad now. But I always feel like Dave, Dave is my brother in my hate of the sequel trilogy. <laughs> the sequel trilogy is not my favorite. I will definitely. I can Justin, I'm sending it on now. <laughs> Send it on, man. It's not my favorite. I'm glad it's Star Wars, like always. But I'm, it's 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 got a, it's got problems. There are so many great lines in that little video that, that Ali's going to send you. So many right. great lines, Maybe and you I'll just nod. On my, you on my you just well, nod man. and go. Yep, agree with that. Yep, agree with that. Everyone can see it yep. rather than discuss it too much. But it just, I was gonna it just say, really does is... show exactly like just how stupid that film is. The quest of the quest of the quest to find the magic triangle, to find the magic sword. Where you have to stand in the magic place to use the magic sword and then they break the magic triangle. But don't worry, there's another magic triangle. And then we can use the magic triangle to get to the magic place where the magic place is, where they have infinite resources to build infinite amount of ships. But don't worry, the Emperor can live them all in one clip. But hang on, can he do that? They can do anything, can he? No, he can't because he can easily get destroyed by two lightsabers crossed over. <sighs> and it all happened <laughs> in 16 hours. What a film. <laughs> So we are <laughs> two minutes into the first show of 2022 and we're sequel trilogy bashing already. I'm quite I'm quite happy with that. It's a record. It really is. But for the benefit of the listeners, we'll drop the link to that YouTube video in the description of the podcast on whatever kind of uh, 
thing that you listen to us on so you'll be able to listen understand what we're talking about and then go back to Ali and go yeah you're spot on or me I watched the first couple of minutes didn't have time to watch the rest of it but I do need to watch it I was going to say you're a newly married man as well I was last time I saw Dave he was stumbling around drunk <laughs> with, with with your in-laws were you oh god I didn't know that I, I ended up I ended up drinking till five in the morning that's true he did he did he did Wow. With, with your sister-in-law two. and your brother-in-law. That is true. That is true. They were such nice people. Such nice people. Yeah. So, yeah. It was a good time. It was a, it was it was. a good time. We got lucky. It was good, yeah. It was nice. Weather was fantastic. It was. I have a video. Mm. This is, no one wants to hear about this because it's Star Wars and nothing to do with my <laughs> wedding. Unless you had a Star Wars themed wedding. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> not, not one any, little no bit of it. All. No reference at all. None at all. None at all. None at all. But Dave can confirm all like my stories about why Revenge of the Sith is the best Star Wars film because the people that I went to watching that screening with, I made them talk to Dave about why it's the best film also. So you had to go through that. <laughs> that is true. Well, not, Dave? I did I did have lots of conversations with people that you know about Star Wars. Not that I even started those conversations. It was literally, oh Ali said that we need to come and speak to you about this. <laughs> To explain why I was correct. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, it's the best film with a prequel trilogy, that's for certain. So we should probably talk about Boba Fett. No, we shouldn't. We should actually ask Justin. He's doing it. Oh yeah, sorry. We should talk about Beta <laughs> Fett. Better Fett. Sorry, yeah, Beta Better Fett. That's what we need to talk about. That's Justin, right. how is your 2022 going so far, mate? So far, so good, man. Uh, we're just coming up on the first year of moving into our house, so that's cool. Uh, we bought a house last year during COVID, which was real weird experience, but uh, everything's been pretty solid. So I'm just happy everybody, good, good. family's healthy. I'm, and I'm liking got... the decoration. What's that? I love the decoration in your you house. Like my new room? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it cost a pretty penny. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Putting them X-wings well, in there. You can't see I have a X-wing base on Yavin 4, or an X-wing hanger from Yavin 4 is my background. <laughs> it's looking very good, very apt, very on point. And with that in mind, yes, the topic of today's conversation is Boba Fett. Peter Fett. The new, the new well, Disney Plus. How is Alex doing? Nobody asks Alex how he's doing. No one's interested. <laughs> no, no, nobody cares about me. I'm just the host. I just ask the questions. No one cares. Well, I'm fine, Justin. Thank you very much for asking. Um, yeah. Just got back from two weeks in Florida, so I'm very relaxed. Uh, very cold, mind you. It's bloody freezing there compared to Florida. Um, although when I was there, they were saying it was record highs for Florida. And the, the locals were saying it was warm for them. You start thinking, wow, OK, cool. Uh, so time did just right. But then getting home to a two degree landing and, and being really cold outside was a nice little wake up call to me realise I'm back in the UK. So, yeah. yeah. Now let's jump into Boba Fett. <laughs> What do you what keep you saying? You know Beta Fett, the thing that's going around on the internet, how he went in as Bubba Fett and came out as Beta Fett because he's nothing like the thing that he used to be. So oh, like thing on the internet. Beta yeah. yeah, well, about the fact that, you know, his character is completely different from what it was before and what's come out of it is just nothing like it. I've got a bit of a theory. This is a huge thing. Have you yeah. guys all missed this? Clearly. Yeah, it's I absolutely, that's, why, that's why that's why it's so... It. 
we, I mean, we can start about some of the big talking points, like about how. No, let's let's talk about that actually, because that's that's quite an interesting topic. Well, we can because... talk about why it's happened, but like, so so the starting point, which I think is interesting, is the fact that if you look at viewership figures on Disney Plus, it's twelve percent above Hawkeye. So Star mm-hmm. Wars has done better than Mandalorian, but thirty-two percent below Loki. And it's not finding such a strong audience as The Mandalorian, and it's not getting the same critical acclaim. And I think that's really interesting because um, I I don't know how you guys watched The Mandalorian, but I I watched it with my wife. She has no interest in the series at all. None whatsoever. She watched the trailers and said, I'm not watching that. And lots of people who I know who watch Mandalorian, not interested in this at all. Don't want to watch it. I would barely watch it unless I was on here because it just doesn't interest me the story at all and it's, so it's, it's in i find it kind of it, it it's an interesting phenomenon about how the mandalorian did so well because it was so new and i think this is suffering very, from a very similar dose of the solo disease of it being another one of those sort of stories where it's like great okay why do i need this and what's come out of it is this guy who I mean, you'd, we'd have to get into episodes at some point, but, but you know, it, it, it's it's the most Disney-fied version, I think, of any of the series we've had so far. Just, okay, so part of that, the solo, I'd I, I hear what you're saying about the solo thing, but I can see why solo, there's a lot of negative comments before solo actually hit cinemas. Personally, I think Solo is one of the best movies that has come out of Disney for Star Wars. Um, But I can understand why there was people scratching their head and saying, do we really want a backstory for Solo? Do we really, do we need this? Is this a a story that needs to be told? Whereas I think the difference with with Boba Fett is that the fans for a while have been clamouring for a Boba Fett story. And there's been there's been a number of different movements to say, let's get Boba Fett back on screen because he was he he had this iconic and what happened to him afterwards. And then when he appeared back in The Mandalorian, the hype went up again and everyone was saying, yes, Boba's back. Yes. Amazing. Let's let's see what we can do now. There's going to be wow. There's going to be a Boba book of Boba Fett. There's going to be an actual Boba Fett story. Amazing. That is what we want. Yes. Yes. But I would actually say I don't think it's been what people expected. But I would say that the the hype has been there for it, which wasn't there for Solo. I would just say it's possibly been received slightly flatter than expected. I'll I'll clarify what I mean by that. Mm -hmm. Sorry, because I I agree with what what you said there. What what I mean by that is is that um, it's it's Aileen's word is is that it is inaccessible to her because she feels like she has to go back and understand this guy's backstory to access it in a way that with the Mandalorian, she didn't have to because it was a new story, new characters. It didn't matter. It was a new thing. I feel like this is very much for the fans. For example, when you get to episode two, I'm sure there were lots of bits that as EU people, you were like, wow, look at this, look at this. I have no idea as a thing until I watch a YouTube breakdown video two hours later. And I'm so like, oh, so that Wookiee's that person? Mm. It's very inaccessible, this program, unless you have some background knowledge. Is that a bad thing? Yeah, I think it is, because it excludes a lot of people, Does which Mandalorian well, the, didn't do. 
Yeah, I, I, again, I, I could see that. But then The Mandalorian literally became live action Rebels. And so you could argue that unless you'd seen Rebels, unless you'd seen Clone Wars, you'd have no idea who Ahsoka was. You'd have no idea who Bo-Katan was. You didn't know what the Darksaber was and why it was important. You almost needed that. And the first season, it stood on its own. The second season, you definitely needed that previous history. Yeah, I agree. But I think by the time you got to that point, they were invested in the central characters of the child yeah. and the Mandalorian. Which hadn't, which hasn't happened with this one, and the, and the, and the key parts of this storyline so far, even if you're two episodes deep, it's not the crime lord story we thought it would be because it's hardly been covered so far. There, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's a real mishmash so far. I mean, you can see where it could be going, but with all the flashbacks, it's it's not it's not focusing on one strong theme like the Mandalorian did to begin with. It's funny you say that because the one. I don't. I have a couple of gripes with this show, um, and I'm, we would have got there eventually. But I'm going to go into it now. One of the big things for me is that that particular point exactly. They're focusing way too much on the past, rather than actually what's happening in the story now. To that crime lord point, exactly that. Do I care how we escaped the Sarlacc pit? It was a nice montage at the start. Great, we saw it for five minutes. Okay, cool. Do I then care how we learned how to communicate with the Tuscan Raiders? Do I care? how we, you know, recovered, as it were. I'm like, does, do, do I care that he taught them how to take down a train and then charge people for crossing their land? Which ironically is linked to Mandalorian because there's an episode where Mando has to say we have to pay the Tuscan Raiders to cross their land, which is a nice little crossover. But anyway, um, I just thought they're, they're focusing too much on the flashbacks for me. Now, I'm enjoying them, but they're not necessarily poignant to the show unless something happens at the end of episode six, you know, Justin, go on. I disagree. And here's why. And much to what Ali said, where, you know, he doesn't feel like the same person. This man went through a near-death experience and almost died. Like, you know, and that'll have an effect on people, no matter who you are, whether you're the most ruthless bounty hunter in the galaxy or, you know, a Rodian who got shot by Han Solo, you know? Death is gonna, death is gonna change a person. So I think with... I think what they're using the ba- the flashbacks with the Tuscans is to show you how his mindset has changed from being this ruthless bounty hunter to a person who's trying to now rule from respect. And like that obviously isn't probably going to work. You know, you've, you're dealing with other crime syndicates who have no qualms with just murdering people and taking what they need, you know. And so it's, it's you know, and they constantly talk about how he doesn't show up in a litter. And so nobody gives him respect like that that theme has shown up a lot and stuff, but he says, I plan on ruling differently, you know? So he has changed to a degree. And I think that a big part of, um, you know, the whole dream walk sequence that he did to find his gaffy stick shows that he was almost, you know, trapped by his past and his vengeance for his father's death at the hands of, you know, the Jedi and things like that. And I feel like it's almost like it was like a rebirth of his character into this new person. And I had sent that thing in the in the chat where they were talking about the different painting on the armor. Now, I had never heard that, you know, there's and the 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 meme put forth that the painting previously was one that Mandalorians used when they were in, you know, out for revenge. And that the change in the paint means that he has changed in what his his mission is. So, you know, for me, I think that it, it serves to hum to turn this man who was just a body a suit of armor essentially into a man you know you want the you need your 
audience to sort of connect with him. And, and you know, we sort of got that because we got to see a lot more of him without the helmet on and we got to see him a lot more in The Mandalorian and things like that. You know, and much to Ali's point, yes, I mean, as an EU reader, for me, it's fantastic. But my wife's not an EU reader, and she likes it a lot, too, but she does have questions. So I do see the inaccessibility thing. But I find it interesting for her. She thinks it's super interesting, and now she wants to go learn more. So she doesn't see it as a as a barrier as much as, oh, now there's all this other cool stuff I want to go learn about. I think that's an interesting take, because, yeah, to, to kind of to Dave's point, linking that in is where season two of the Mandalorian yeah you know you're introducing Ahsoka you're introducing um Katie Sackhoff thank you Uh, yeah you're introducing all these characters where now people are going oh hold on a minute they must clearly mean something so therefore let's go and find out who they are um so I, I do like the way that they're doing that exploration of other characters um yeah is that almost like the MCU idea where you've got all these various different characters now interacting, they're all sharing the universe. But I, yeah, I, and I think, but I do think they've they've got it wrong in the way they've done that. You know, they spend two mis- minutes on the Sarlacc pit and five minutes on how he makes a weapon. Like that's the wrong way round. Like people have wanted to know for thirty years how he escaped that thing, and his escape was. He happened to find a stormtrooper, grab some oxygen and then climb out the sand somehow. And they cover that like that. And yet they go really into depth and in how he builds a wooden weapon. Like it's it's bizarre pacing and decisions from the director as to why you would spend yeah. so much time on one thing that really doesn't add that much. But something that did was just like, yeah, it happened. He escaped. I'd, I'd agree with that. It, it, it is interesting strange when i say interesting it's strange how they've managed to 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 pace it um and i think i think this is different from the mandalorian though dave in that it feels like it's almost like a film that's been chopped up as opposed to being episodes like the mandalorian was yeah which again i mean there was talk what maybe four or five years ago just before solo didn't do well at the cinema which i still say is because the last jedi was such a, a an awful movie and it switched so many fans off coupled with poor promotional um activity by by disney themselves to actually promote solo i i still think that that failed at the cinema because of what had gone before rather than because of its own merit i think it was a great movie and i think it could have done very well if it had been released in a different time and in a different way but that that aside i think there was um there was always plans to do a Boba Fett movie. And so perhaps this is this is that. This is them. And because they've got the, the little bit more space that you can put into a, a TV show than what you would do into a movie, rather than it just being two hours, you could end up with a five-hour, maybe, five-hour movie. I, th- I, I mean, think there are a lot of positives, of, by the way, about this. But When you think of the second episode, just on that point, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, the second episode is like 50 two minutes long mm. yet the first episode is what 35 35 yeah. so you've gone from a, a half an hour show to an hour show which to your point put them together that's a movie that's an hour and a half so mm. you've got that content there straight away and then obviously you can build upon that i don't actually know how many episodes there are do we six. know so that, six, six thank yeah. you 
So then if you're if you're thinking about it logically, if we if you're averaging out an hour and a half, that's four and a half hours. Mm. So you're getting either a really, really long Boba Fett film or potentially two or you know, three parts for whatever we're saying. But nevertheless, it's an interesting way that they're pacing it. And what I found is interesting is that at the end of the first episode of The Mandalorian, the hook for most people, including those that aren't super keen on the mythology or, or follow it closely, is Baby Yoda at that yeah. point in time. At the end of The Mandalorian season one, there was a great, there's a couple of great action sequences. But if there was no Grogu, I do wonder mm. how the success of the show would have continued. But then by introducing Grogu, you're then looking at the cute factor, the kids love them, the merchandise factor. And then you're looking at fans who are embedded in it going, that's Yoda or a baby Yoda, as we, you know, called him. At the end of the first episode of Bob Fett, there was nothing like that. I disagree. I, I think this this uh, one of my gripes. Is that it feels like something that's been produced to sell some different merchandise. I feel like, to your point about the helmet, Justin, all of a sudden you can get a black series one with a different helmet. All of a sudden there's a sand creature with six arms. Oh, that sounds like a figure to me. There's pods. All of a sudden there's all these sets. But in all seriousness, a lot of it does feel to me like instead of character, they thought, oh, how can we sell some quick things like they did with the porks? And on top of that, now we have Tuscan Raiders that don't just wear exactly. Brown. You know, it's I I kind of don't necessarily I I know I do get your point, but I kind of have a different point of view on that one. I find it interesting too. That's a good point that that Ali brought up. Like Grogu has transcended Star Wars. I think we can all kind of agree on that. Like my my grandma knows who Grogu is, and my grandma doesn't know anything about Star Wars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yep. So. The amount that that took off in and of itself propped Mandalorian up higher, I think, than a lot of other previous things, especially, you know, like we spent the first, you know, after the first two minutes, like not a lot of people were super positive about the sequel trilogy when it finally all was said and done, you know? And I think the Mandalorian gave a lot of people what they had hoped the sequel trilogy would be. And I feel the same way about Boba Fett's story, the book of Boba Fett, because we're getting to see so many different characters and like, it really, I, I used to not like in the books how much everything seemed to go around Tatooine, but like the, it really is an interesting thing. And I know that's a, I know that's a bit of a sticking point for some people that everything happens around Tatooine because it's supposed to be the edge of the galaxy and it's supposed to be a be- back world's middle of nowhere. But I also find it super interesting. Like we didn't know anything about the Tusken Raiders, but it seems that they've been there since there was oceans on Tatooine. So you're getting that background information too that I really, as a person who spent a long time reading EU stuff, I like those little bits and those, the payoff for me on those is what I come for, but I know that doesn't work for everybody. That would have been one of my gripes. Well, it's funny because I I remember having conversations, not just with, 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 with you guys, but some of the wider Star Wars community where having fan service for want of a better word to explore things that have happened a lot of people were talking about the sequel trilogy that there's nothing for them to latch onto as it were you know they they weren't using the original trilogy characters right um they didn't reference them enough yet in the book of boba fett it seems to be quite you know i'm probably easy for me to say this but and to your point ali earlier on it's made for the fans yes yet one of the criticisms about the sequel trilogy is that it completely ignored half the fans anyway. So are we, we're in a position where 
oh, Disney damned if they do and Disney damned if they don't. No, no, because they just created a brilliant version of it with the Spider-Man film. That's not Star Wars. That's no, but it's, but it's point that you said Disney. You said Disney, a Disney damned. Oh, I look just you know, the, the, with Spider-Man, I don't want to go into spoilers on that, but they, they managed to be very meta and look at its own history in a brilliant way, in yeah. a way that Star Wars didn't do. And that so might be Sony involvement, but it, but it, it's a Disney product, so it is possible for Disney to do it. So Disney aren't damned if they do, if they don't. If they do it well, they're praised. They just don't seem to do it well with Star Wars. Okay, let me rephrase that then. Is it Lucasfilm that's then damned if they do and damned if they don't? No, because they can do it well, because we've seen it done well in other franchises. No, but that's but it, okay. Just... So, well, they did it well in Mandalorian. We've just been saying how great the Mandalorian was and how it worked and how it, it, it created something brand new that pretty universally everybody was on board with and said was brilliant. I, I don't I think, think there were many complaints about that. Rebels was also good. Again, introducing a lot of brand new characters. Is that so can do it? I is think that, that an easier thing to do animated. If anything, that becomes a bad I think it's still all. storytelling. When it comes down to everything, it's storytelling. And if the storytelling is good, the storytelling is good. I mean, who you know, spoilers for Rebels. Who doesn't die when Kane? Who doesn't cry when Kanan sacrifices himself? You don't get to that emotional level without being invested in the characters through good character development and storytelling. And I think that that's one of the things that I've been a big champion of. I honestly think Star Wars is better episodic like this because, like you mentioned, we get six episodes ranging from 38 to 52 some odd minutes. So by the end, we're going to have roughly what would be two minutes are two movies for one series that really allows you to explore who characters are, what their motivations are, and things like that. Now, whether they do it successfully or not, that's really the question, right? That's interesting. So if let's, let's switch that to Mandalorian. If they did a Mandalorian movie of just season one, which would obviously have to be condensed to two hours-ish, would we say, this is a massive assumption here, and I know that, and I know it's moving away from Boba Fett, but it's relative. If it was a movie, would it have done as well as a TV show? It, it depends what you mean. We said there was filler episodes. Right. But there always seems to be one or two of those in these series that really serve for character development more than story progression, in my opinion. And back to Alex, like, so do I think it would have been as good? No. And here's why. Because that episodic nature of it, and Disney's smart to only release one a week. Because then we do this. We all sit around and analyze it and talk about it. People don't do that nearly as much anymore. Like anything on Netflix, if you ask somebody, oh, have you been watching this? Oh, yeah. Well, what episode are you on? They're like, oh, I'm only on episode two. And you're like, oh, well, I've I've finished it. So that ends the conversation. Whereas with the Disney stuff, did you watch the last episode? Oh, yeah, I watched it. Like there's not – it's either you watched it or you didn't, and then it it, it can go on from there. But very rarely do you get people, oh, I'm on episode five. I'm on episode two. I'm on episode six. And so you can't until you get to the end. So I think the conversation and stuff helps to spur the anticipation along, helps to keep people immersed in it and keep it in current in front of mind. Whereas a movie, you get the up to it, you get the first initial release, and a few weeks later, most people are kind of done with it if they're not really into it. I, I think that's really fair points, except I'm on the complete opposite side. 
I would stop Disney Plus and only have films. <laughs> I literally would just, I think Star Wars belongs in the cinema. And having, I don't know if you've been to the cinema recently, because obviously after, for most of us, a gap of quite some time because of COVID, I went and saw Spider-Man and the new Matrix in the cinema, pretty close to each other. And I was like, yeah, this should be in the cinema. It shouldn't be at home. It shouldn't be on Disney+. Plus." Because if you can create, you know, those big events, and Star Wars always was big events. Yeah. And I sometimes think that it's lost that magic because of Disney+. Plus. And, and like, your Tatooine point, I think, is really interesting. The fact that we're going to have two series in a row placed in the same location with Obi-Wan coming out very soon. Because it has to have a huge amount in there. And, you know, I I think that is oversaturated in that location for what was supposed to be a backwater. No one goes there apart from the real kind of tough villains. And all of a sudden, it looks like it's the centre of the universe with everything going on. And there's huge kind of amount of buzz around the place. And there's at least two big cities. And it's kind of like, well, okay, is it what we thought it was? I it's... feel like they're padding out the. I feel like they're padding it out and making story where I think, and, and this goes back to something we've talked about a while ago. One of the great things about Star Wars is is mystery. The, in the in the olden Star Wars, there was mystery around characters, mystery around events. So you kind of filled it in with your own head, and bit by bit, that mystery is disappearing from Star Wars to a huge extent, and and I kind of think it it it, it damages the brand. It's it's funny because that was one of the criticisms that was of the Last Jedi. Where I where agree, there was the Mister, the kind of everyone was asking more about Snoke. Now that did get answered in really badly in the Rise of Skywalker, but it was one of the things that everyone was criticising the Last Jedi. I was like, "Well, who is he? Where did he come from? Why? Why is he there?" Everybody wanted to know the answer. Then they got the answer. Yes, they did it badly. Yeah. I agree, but you're then getting to a point of again. Lucasfilm are down if they do and down if they don't. If they leave things as they are for people to wonder, I'm not sure you're so right. I, I think Boba cool. Fett would be much more of a hero if they didn't bring him back, because all of a sudden you've got this character who's um, talking about. You know, we saw in Clone Wars how he wanted a huge amount of revenge, understandably, for his father's death. What type of kid he was, how he's growing up, and then we see in the Mandalorian he's this. We, we obviously we didn't know at the time how long he'd come out of the silent pit or what happened in between, but he was absolutely killing everything that came in his way and destroying everything. And then we find out as soon as he's done that, he's now got Fennec Shan and other people to do his business. And every time he gets into fight, he has to jump into a back to tank. That's a bit strange. I do. do you know what I mean? They're really, I, um... maybe they're taking away this kind of the bounty hunter. And turning him into, they're giving him too much of a personality, too much character, which is too nice, if I'm honest with you. And and I think that I think he was better off when he was that bounty hunter who died, and everyone could make up what kind of person he was. And we kind of, you know, as the prequels came out and then Clone Wars come out, you could fill in some of that background, but there was still a gap between. Now we know who he became. Now we know what happens, and, and I don't disagree with you, Justin, about the character development and the way it happens. And I get why that's a plot point as well. I completely get that. But for me, yeah. I'm like, so wait a second. Because it looks like there's a female um, involved in this, doesn't there, who, you know, he lost his first fight to. And, and the rumour is that that person, the Tuscan, is the... Am I going into spoiler territory here? No. Well, 
I mean, well, no, there's it's all theory at the moment. It's a podcast, yeah. Go feed a bike that everyone that the director Rodriguez was saying she's a massive character. You're all gonna love. So the idea, you know, that Boba Fett could turn himself into Tuscan doesn't mean he was the first one to do it. Well, right. Yes. There's um, who's the? It's a great, 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 Drace is a Drace. So she, she's the stunt woman lady. Who's yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. just cause, just because the stunt person's a female, has that actually been confirmed? The character's female. It, I don't know. People have said it is. I don't know. I don't know if Disney would or Lucasfilm would confirm that though, because it would be a bit much. But there, there must be Tuscan ladies. Well, and then so, in the comic books, wasn't there a the, different? There was the human male that got taken in by the Tuscans, who later became a Jedi, wasn't he? And then became a a, a, a Darth. What was his? I've read so about. It was it was a it was a Tus yeah he was a Tus there was he a was, Tuscan raider that was that that was a Jedi yeah yeah. But he actually was human. He was taken in by the Tuscans. I think. I don't think he was actually a a Tuscan by birth. But I think that's that's been a theme previously, in other EU material that Tuscans do take on. Children yeah. that they find and, and what have you in the desert, they they don't just wantonly destroy everything. Which I guess well, I just find nice. it interesting that they did specify that he said there's multiple tribes and most of them yeah. murder, and we we yeah. essentially don't do that. It is interesting, yeah. like the life they're able to find out in the desert and stuff. Which mm. ties in really nicely to the title of the second episode, which is the tribes of Tatooine, because you're kind of learning more about how that's kind of structured and to your point yet there are some that don't kill there are some that don't but then the flip side of the tribes is the crime families like when the twins turned up the, the hut twins when they turned up mm -hmm. that's another that's another tribe technically of Tatooine, right so you're kind of getting it from both perspectives of those that are well, they've, in they've, the, well they've they've come from now hutter though haven't they? i was gonna say they're colonizers <laughs> yeah yeah but they, <laughs> It's yeah, a trial. They're, they're well, that's that's, that's why I said it's most right? Disney at the beginning. There, there is there is more than a touch of the sort of Pocahontas Mulan about this. Oh yes, yeah. I, then there has been in any Star Wars before. Yeah. Before there's some there's some I'm, interesting I'm, I'm, going. Yeah, through. I'm I'm torn on that because I I'm with you, Ali. I think there's been too much about how he's managed to to get in on well with the tuscan raiders and how he's almost like becoming one of them i think there's been too much of that but the flip of it is i've really loved the way that they've built out the tuscan raiders so that you see them for more than just a bunch of 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 literally rag-headed murderers which is is the way that they've always been perceived now you actually see them as people with emotions and family and and how they form bonds and kinship and working together and yeah it, all of a sudden their entire idea of what tuscan raiders are is very different now i would say that for most casual viewers of star wars their perception of, of tuscan raiders is now very different yeah and i kind of preferred yeah. it when they were the guy that you know got chased away right. goes back to your mystery thing right? exactly i preferred it when they were you know that when they were what they were so is yeah. it a case of we're finding that 
Lucasfilm are taking the decision to change too much. Well, it depends because I think for some people it will work, and I do I do accept that for some people it will work. Right. For me, it but, works. And, and there are lots of good things about this series. You know, there there are many good things that we will get to, but for me, this is not something that particularly. It's it's just that mystery point, Justin. It's it's that yeah yeah. It's that sure. demystifying things where I'm like. I was happy in my own little world imagining of these bad people and Obi-Wan out in the desert with his stick. I liked that idea. And <laughs> now that... and now it's like, oh, but did he did he attack the good guys? Oh no. Oh the indigenous <laughs> you, You're definitely thinking too deeply of this. Um oh, I was gonna say they are, that not... if they're a group of them that are murderous, I mean all's fair in, in self-defense. Well they're but, but then... they're not supposed to train people then. They're the right to defend their train, aren't they? Well, so let me ask you this. Was it okay that Anakin went and murdered all the women, children, and men? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how, how pro you are for genocide. British, mate. But then, Ali, a lot, of, a lot of your criticism of Star Wars, let's ignore the sequel trilogy, because I think we all, we all fully admit it's... it's it's not a great story at all. Move on. But from all of the other products which we've seen come out of Disney recently, so so if we look at the, the season, what was it, season eight of The Clone Wars, you weren't particularly enamoured of that nope. because for you it was looking backwards into a period where you already knew what happened. And that was your perception. You, you, because we'd had rebels, so we'd already seen the fact that Ahsoka and Captain Rex had survived. So going back to the Clone Wars season eight just just showed how they survived. But really, you weren't that interested in how they survived. You just knew that they did. Um, similarly, Solo, your view—I'm not saying it's wrong view, but your view of Solo was the fact that, well, do we really need to know how he became? A low-level gangster and smuggler in his in his in his part-time type thing before he became what actually we're interested in. I get that. I can understand that perception as well. Um, and and even to some extent, you've not been that enamoured of the Bag Batch again because they sit in a period where. We already know the Clone Wars are finished. We already know that in a few more years, you're going to have the rise of Rebels and the Rebel Alliance. So where do they fit in in the middle? They're a little bit of a... Of a, of a bit of, Retcon. They don't, yeah, they don't fit anywhere. So, And do they really matter? Is their story actually important? And how does that fit in? So I can understand where, where each of your, your gripes come from. And I don't actually disagree with any of them even though i don't actually agree with any of them if that that makes sense i can see the the rationale behind it and the reasoning behind it and this again falls into that category we'd love potentially i'm putting words into your mouth here we'd love potentially to see where boba fett now goes and potentially where he carves out his empire within the the underworld we're not interested in how he survived a little bit of in the desert and how he made friends with a bunch of, of savages out there and spent five years. That doesn't matter. It's, and I is disagree. That right? I think it does no, matter. <laughs> yeah, you say, I, yes, yes, I'd agree with that. I mean, but there are, there are some interesting things that come out of this. And, and that's why I mean, I don't, there, there are some kind of, 
it's odd because I agree with you, but there are elements of this which clearly takes Star Wars forward because of the, you know, some of the things which it looks like is going to happen. So it's slightly yeah. different from the other ones because some of this is not predetermined because we have no idea where these crime gangs are going until obviously Darth Maul shows up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so until that moment. Um, I'm fairly certain is at least 10 years dead by this point. It could even be 15. You thought that before, Dave. Oh, yeah. Maybe his mystery spirit went off to a far-off planet that nobody could find. It, it's been, it, was, it was buried. It was buried in the, Tusk, in the, 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 the Tatooine desert. The Emperor yeah. survived a nuclear explosion at the middle of a Death Star. Valid point. Valid point. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Don't worry about He's that. He's also the most powerful Sith in existence. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but worry Maul's about anger oh, and hatred. One of the nice sisters was there going, Darth Maul, come to us. Well, we do know. Yeah. It's not, obviously, it's not going to be Darth Maul. It is going to be Kira, though. Yeah. Is it going to be Is it going to be Kira, you think? It's not well, being confirmed, but that's my that's my, okay. my feeling. Yeah. Well, I hadn't heard any of that, but I figured Crimson Dawn might brush up against this at some point. Well, if the Pikes are in it, then yeah. Well, well, yeah, I did like the fact the pikes were there. So, yeah, real quick question: Did you guys know that they wear a mask? I thought that no, was their face. Snap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had no idea when he took the mask off. I was like, "What? Yeah, put, on, put the mask back on. You look better with a mask on." Yeah, you look That's super. That's probably why they wear the mask. Yeah, yeah, they can't be that evil when they look like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're almost like a type of fish type thing. You know, like a yes. uh, like a catfish or something. With li- little yeah. barbels and yeah. yeah, so maybe they're from an aquatic world then. You mean it would, seem, it would seem that they come from somewhere no, no, like Mon Calamari. Yeah, but yeah, so I think Kira's going to be the ultimate well, big bad. Personally. I'm going to throw some some smoke in that direction. So you know, on the homestead when it was attacked and the mm-hmm. kind of people who did it, the symbols. Yeah, the the things, and it was Hutties, and people translated it. And yeah, it stands for K. K yeah, K, K, two ones. So people have yeah. thought it was either Kanja Club. Yeah, or Catherine Kennedy. Or Catherine Kennedy, yeah. <laughs> She's the, the greatest big... gangster yeah. of the lot. <laughs> She's the worst gangster out of the lot, I can tell you that. <laughs> How cool was so... it to see Tashi Station? These these little Easter eggs have actually been really not really good to see, to be fair, and that, yeah. they are the I've really enjoyed. Yeah. I didn't watch any of the deleted stuff. I've never actually seen that deleted section of A New Hope where he goes to Tashi Station. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, yeah. The, I can look is, at. Sure I have it on my there's, DVD. There's a fan, There's a fantastic piece that was put together when Rogue One was released. The, um, some fans managed to tie together a little bit that came at the very end of Rogue One and tying it into the very beginning of A New Hope. And it had the Toshi Station piece in it. And it was oh, really cool. well done. Cool. Uh, the Did other thing understand? I think... Oh, go ahead, Alex. No, no, go on, Justin. Yeah, I was just going to say, the other thing I really like about this series, um, as opposed to, like, you know, in animation, it's easy to... Um, show all the different aliens and stuff but they've really got what seems to be a lot of real practical 
affect um, aliens and stuff. And I love that they're going back to that with these shows. Cause I feel like that's something that even, even the prequels to a degree were way more heavily CGI than like the originals and stuff. So I feel like that's really cool. Like it's cool that the Ithorian is the mayor. Like we have major characters who are other aliens. It's not all just a human based, you know, the empire doesn't like aliens kind of thing. So you're not always dealing with humanoid species now. So I, and I, like when he was walking, when they were walking through, and there was all the trend oceans, I was like, "That makes perfect sense. It's a desert planet, and they're they're yeah. reptiles. Like it makes perfect sense that that would attract them, you know, there." So, I've been enjoying that especially. There's so, like if you look in the background, there's so many different characters out there that yeah. like some I've never seen. And I think they got the huts as good as they've got them so far. Yes. In terms of the CGI, the way they used it, I think they they. I don't believe those really. people can lift them. Yeah, I kept thinking all they had to do when there was all this bluster with these two huts, just shoot the people on the left-hand side of the palanquin and just they just fall off. The pair of them is sprawling in the desert. <laughs> that's, I must admit, that's the one thing that also made it quite real because when they're standing there for a while and having their kind of back and forth, you can see them holding it. And you can see them kind of shaking a little bit as yeah. they're holding it. Which I thought, I mean, obviously it's CGI, so I'm thinking... The whole center of it bows. If you look at it, the center bows down from the edges. So there's weight there, which is interesting. My wife goes, my wife is like, why are these fat fools at at all powerful? She goes, can't you just murder all of them? They don't seem like they could move very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) It is a good question, that, isn't it? Well, in the books, they explain that they have like five hearts and that their hide is so thick that blaster fire doesn't penetrate it. But they can be strangled. But they can be strangled, apparently. Very easily. And I don't know if easily. Of, she had a, she metal had her body weight in a, in a, metal, in a metal chain. Yeah, it's not like it was a little bit of string, was it? Yeah, it wasn't rope. But, but even, even so, even so, yeah, you, you're thinking of the, the thickness and the amount of muscles that must be in that neck to hold that head up and for her to have just pulled it. And rolls of fat. You think I overthink things. Yeah. Well, actually, talking of overthinking things, here's here's one. Talking about um, strangulation, um, how did Bobber manage to strangle the six leg arm, six arm centaur thing out in the desert? If that thing can bury underneath the sand, it can hold its breath. I've got. This is the biggest issue I've got with this show, and it was that animal. <laughs> I I'm watching it, and I'm like. Um, am I am I going back to the 1960s and I'm watching um, Jason and the Argonauts? It's like Harry Harrison, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, to me, the thing didn't seem quite as much of a beast. I think so. It seemed like it was rationing and smart. Like it, it, it seemed like it could hunt fine. Like I'm with you. When he took it down, I was like, okay, so they're kind of like hearkening back to like Jabba getting strangled, I guess, a little bit. But it doesn't. It seemed too powerful for that. And it yes. does, it's not a Gundark, is it? Because it didn't have the ears or the beard no, thing. It's new. Uh, it's no, new? I don't I, even. I don't know what that was. When yeah. when they showed the claw in the sand, I'm like, oh, are we going to get a like a, a mini crate dragon or something like That's that? That's what I thought. Which I thought would have been better, but now mm. I know we've seen crate dragons getting killed in the Mandalorian, whatever. But I thought that would have been a better usage from a species mm. perspective. And then it started to stand up on four legs and then six. And I'm like, this is just like a really bad version of Jason and the Argonauts because the creature just doesn't. And I don't know how they made it either because I don't know if it was like 
um, no, it's not mocap, is it? It was like yeah. stop, start, actually, whatever it's called. And I'm like, this, mm-hmm. this doesn't sit within this particular show and the technology that we have that can make animals. Now, I don't know if it was done on purpose, which if it was, that was a really bad decision. Um, because to your point earlier about the huts, they nailed the huts from a CGI perspective and they nailed the crate dragon in a Mandalorian from a CGI perspective. And that looks brilliant. Yet we're now getting this six-legged creature that it just it felt out of place for me. Yeah. There are a couple of, sorry, but with the creature things, there are a couple of odd editorial decisions again with regard to this. And what I mean is, I'm sure you've seen online that, and I don't particularly mind it, but a lot of people got quite upset about, you know, the young um, Boba scene from the from Attack of the Clones, and the yeah. fact that it took a different angle from it, but the oh yeah, but the um, creature in the background was missing, and it yes. was clearly different. And they were kind of like, can you not just care enough to, if you're going to recreate a scene, actually do it properly? Now I'm not actually that bothered about that, but I can see why some people. Oh, but what I mean by it's an editorial decision is if you're going to do it, do it properly. Yes. And, yeah. and I didn't the second one, that, but that's that, that's interesting. I didn't. And, and yeah. the second one would be the it's um, the, it's the Ackley, I think, isn't in the background. Yeah. And then the second one would would relate to the to the to the recent Bad Batch actually, where um, Bib Fortuna um, used the Bad Batch to catch a Rancor, mm. which everyone assumed was to replace the one in the pit mm-hmm. and then they go into the pit and there's nothing well, no, in there. no no it was before no it was no, no, before no. then that yeah. that is that is the rancor that rancor, that yeah. because they yeah. think of timing wise 20 years later because yeah the, the the bad batch had, had caught whatever it name was rosie or whatever it was yeah. um so they they'd caught that for bib fortuna for jabber um yeah. because that is the one then that luke kills 20 years later is it though? I thought it was a different one. Yeah, yeah. No, no that's the one. That's, that's the one, the one that kills. Because that's why it's only a little one. It's a baby. It's a baby one. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was a baby, so it wasn't big enough to be the one that Luke killed. But that's twenty years later. Oh no, they aged very differently. Very differently. <laughs> well, we've all seen what Obi Wan looked like twenty years in the sand. So you know. Hey, them twin yeah. sons will age you, man. Look and at what, what well. Boba Fett in 48 hours out in the sun. His whole head was scarred and burned. But his teeth look good, though. <laughs> okay, so that bothers me. Okay, I thought you said that. His teeth, did he get veneers or something? Because, like... <laughs> Aha! I knew I was correct. They're That's so the bright and so light compared to, like, everything else looking so grungy. <laughs> Go on, Ali. Ali looking very proud of himself. The Bad Batch clearly names its Rancor Moochie and repeats that name enough times for it to really sink into viewers' ears. It may not be mainstream knowledge, but Return of the Jedi Rancor from Jabba's Rancor bit has the established name of Patessa. Moochie is a female Rancor, while Patessa was oh. a male. Oh, and maybe it's its mum. Maybe it's its mum. No, or Dave. child. But, uh, it's I not just... a replacement. It's not a replacement because of timelines. It's well, you could have had two of them. Luke kills one. Put it back in there. You could have had two of them. It could have had a lovely bit of synergy there. I just, I just think like if you go to that trouble in the Bad Batch, they, they should have used it. Well, there was other issues with the Bad Batch. There was the fact that they completely oh, well, changed. I didn't finish how, it. <laughs> well, well, it's the the way that they completely changed how Kanan survived Order sixty six. That yeah. for me was a much 
bigger problem. And again, this is this is I, I agree with you, Ali. It's that lack of care and attention to what has already been established as continuity. See, that's that's the really interesting part because yeah, to your point, I've obviously in the comic, the Canaan comic, which obviously came before the Bad Batch, mm-hmm. how he survived is very different. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's no Bad Batch. It, well, yeah, clearly. But yeah, then Boba Fett, and Boba Fett is now actually using a character from the Marvel comics in the show. Now, yes. for me, I was, I literally was like, holy, when I saw yeah, that. Because I was like, are you kidding me? I, di- I did not expect to see that particular character in you the show. You might name it. Black Rust. Uh, Black <laughs> yeah. my, wife is, uh, my wife's affectionately calling him Darth Chewy. <laughs> um, let's let's keep to that. So Darth Chewy is um. That's like great. Uh, so Darth Chewy turning up is like a massive Easter egg if you're but reading the Marvel comics. Did you hear what Boba said about him? Yeah, he said this isn't a mission on somewhere or another, wasn't it? No, no, no. He's no. he's comment about Black Darth Chewy. Um, just saying um, about him being a gladiator. Oh, yeah. yeah, you can throw as many gladiators as you want them or something. Yeah, 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 but that's but that's what his background is, which I thought was quite nice. Actually. Right, because wasn't he was he left Kashik in shame, right? That Wookiee, and then became he did. like a mercenary and stuff, right? He, he he went into the the fighting pits by choice, unlike all the other Wookies who get indentured and sent there as slaves. He chose to go in there. So, for those of you that aren't familiar with the character. For, for the benefit of the listeners and Ali <laughs> with that face um, he first turned up and Dave correct me if I'm wrong Dr. Afra. yes yes he was first appearing in the Dr. Afra in the first few episodes of that where he turned up as a bounty hunter or something like that yeah um, and then reappeared in the current series as well for War of the Bounty Hunters as well I think he's also popped up um, yep. so yeah he first appeared in in the, in the Dr. Afra comics um, and everybody He's in thought Doctor Afra novel as well. Yeah, the one I saw, man, he was hired by I think it was by Jabba to hunt out Obi Wan in Tatooine's desert. I think it was the one that I read. Was he was he not hired by um, Darth Vader as well? To Vader. Vader. So, yeah, to hunt down Luke. Yeah. Yeah, him him and Boba were both uh, hired at the same time. But then there was a second part to the story where Afra worked alongside Darth Chewie as well. Mm. Yeah, so I it's good that they're doing this fight. crossover. Yeah. Boba and him are going to have set too, surely. Strangely, this, this is a recent character as well, though. It's not like the Thrawn has been brought back from the EU. This is actually a canon character from a co- from a current comic, who is canon because that's what Disney have said. They've said that all the comics are canon, even the ones that don't agree with the Bad Batch. Um, so you've either got canon or you've not. So it looks like this is a canon character. Mm. You just have different versions of canon, which is even well, more that's the annoying. Thing. People are picking up the discrepancies in how he's drawn in the comic with a scar. Um, yes. on his yeah. thigh where obviously in the show he doesn't have it no. but I think it's just maybe his hair's covering it or something like that I don't know <laughs> he's had a wash 
Isn't that <laughs> isn't that what Obi Wan gave him in one of the comics? I've read. This. That's the one I'm talking about. Is when yeah. he goes after Obi Wan. Literally gives him that. Yeah. I wonder. I'm pretty wonder sure. Maybe we'll see that in the well, I've, I've seen I've seen a YouTube video on this, so it definitely happened. Right, because because the comics then that I've seen Darth Chewian have been post a New Hope, because that's when Vader um, sends him to try and find Luke because Luke had destroyed the first Death Star, and it's yeah. when Afra comes across him because the Afra story takes place just after the the demise of Death Star One. So can I ask two questions on that? Um, obviously, no. It is widely speculated again that Harrison Ford is going to show up in this. I've heard that. I've heard that. And so, if he shows up with Chewie, are we going to have a Wookie off? Wookie off. That's, so that's what I was wondering, right? Because like you know, Wookies tear people's arms off. So like regularly, apparently, that everybody knows that. Not so, anymore. They don't mind being put in handcuffs. Not in the Disney Star Wars. Universe. Oh, no. Yes. Everything is bloodless. But um... you need to read. Sorry, you need to read the Dr. Afra novel. No, but okay. this is my um, next point. Is this where this is going? Because I've heard people say this, that they expect this Dr. Afra, whoever it is, to show up in this towards the end. Or is it that speeder person that we saw? Is that who Dr. Afra is? I don't know yeah. who this character is. I've got no idea. But I've seen people talking about this. So I thought it was something that you guys might have an opinion on. Well, she she was tied quite heavily to Vader um, mm. initially. And then obviously the character was really popular because she turned up in the Vader comic initially. And then ended she up her getting own, her own series. Yeah, she had her own yeah. series. So potentially yeah i mean i don't think they got to a point where they said that she died or anything so no. could she turn a, yeah, a novel could. only came out this week uh, this year last year yeah yeah i still need to read that but it's one of those things that you start thinking well now they've got a lot of the characters overlapping you never know yeah it could be an extension of the marvel <laughs> comic to a certain extent and is that good yeah. If done right. Correct. <laughs> yeah, right. If it's if it's done to the fans' likings. I, well, I don't know who but I don't know who this person is, so I have no opinion. Like I, I actually no. so I was like, who is this evil Wookiee? That's what I thought it was. I prefer Darth Wookiee. Darth Chewie. What was but... your I, I so, think Darth okay. Chewie's great then? So as as we have a background of the particular character, Ali, when you saw it. That's that's the that's the comic where yeah. the fight happens. Mm. In your so opinion, Ali, was, yeah. was the introduction of Darth Wookiee a good thing or a bad thing? Or was it more of I, a... I don't, well, to be honest, all I've seen is him sort of growl and then disappear. Yeah. And much to Ali's point, no because opinion. he doesn't have the back knowledge yeah. of the things, it means nothing to him as much to see it. He looks cool, probably, right, no. but... For you and I and and Dave, we probably saw him more like, oh my god, you know. Now we have all this other stuff to draw on, so I can see, see that how that be problematic. But that's why I said earlier about some of this. It is taking the story forward because I've got no idea what the heck yeah. this is, and I don't know where this ends. Unlike some yeah. of the previous ones, and that's why yeah. it's nuanced and a bit different. Yeah, because the other and interesting it, thing it, it, I was going to say, the other interesting the thing that I've seen again rumored again hypotheticalized is that a word yes it is is omega yeah because 
She's, I thought that she's was coming. She's Boba Fett's sister, right? Arguably. Oh, God. I didn't even know that one. She is Boba Fett's so, sister. She's Boba Fett's sister. Know. You know, so is there going to be a case where maybe, I don't know, maybe Omega took a turn for the worst and she's running another crime lord thing? I don't know. Are we going to get a Fett off? <laughs> <laughs> as well as a Wookiee off. <laughs> Wookiee Bowl. It has become a bit I, Game of Thrones, hasn't it? With Clegane Bowls and people going into gladiator battles. It's a little bit... I mean, it is... Like, I've heard... What was that? I know you said Jason the Argonauts earlier. But there's but there's been quite a few films talked about in terms of having great similarities with what we've seen. Like the oh, train scene. Yeah, the train yeah. scene. Lawrence of Arabia and there was another Western that got referenced. Oh, what was it? I can't remember, but I know what you mean. But yeah, yeah. So it's it's, it's quite yeah. because it is it is really bringing on that sort of Western theme, but kind of also. But then back to that's that's cinema. been in Star Wars all the way through. Well, it was a space Western, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not blaming it. I'm Rogue just saying One, it's there. R- R- the ending of Rogue One was very much Magnificent Seven. I mean, but Star Wars has drawn inspiration hope. from start to finish, mm. right? It's George Lucas has said it himself. He's had inspiration from Kurosawa um, yeah. all the way Seven through to Seven Samurai, or yeah, 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 so, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. And Flash Gordon and this, that, and the other. There's, there's been influences, and, and to be fair, if there wasn't, I'd be very surprised mm. because they're just drawn on from inspirations that GL put in the original trilogy back in the day. And the Mandalorian was very Western feel to it. Yeah, gunslinger. You almost expected yeah. to hear the Spurs. Yeah, yeah. Even the way he drawed his his blaster and spun it yes. on his finger and put it back in his holster, you know. Well, and they even talked. Did you guys watch? Did you did you watch the Under the Helmet docu series thing? No, the yes. one. Yeah. Okay, because in that they talk about how he had said, you know, I. I kind of see him as like a Western character. And then they even yes. in the fall, the follies guys even did put in the, like the jangle of spurs in there and stuff. Like yeah, that. Yeah. I, I think so. the Mandalorian actually is part of the problem with this series in some respects, because of what you mentioned earlier, Dave, about that film that was going to be created for Boba Fett originally. And yeah. it had a producer attached. I think it even had a director attached at one point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so they created some ideas. And, and the rumor was always that they used them in the Mandalorian series one and two. And mm-hmm. sometimes when I'm watching this series, I kind of think he'd have been much better with some of the Mandalorian storyline than this one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I can see what you're because saying. Because I think it was meant for him to begin with. Mm-hmm. And and they've used it there, and obviously they brought the characters back, and then decided to go creatively in this direction. And the it, it is Mandal- a brand new story, five, really, in some respects. But um, I I think I think that is a problem that that, that they've used some of the good storyline that that would have been for him, and gone in this new direction because they had to. Yeah. No thought out planning again. <sighs> But considering it's Filoni and Favreau that are doing the Book of Boba Fett, surely there would be but then a level we, we had, consistency. But then we've we've had gripes about Filoni and consistency in the past. No, yeah, true. Uh, I, yeah, I, it Star, but Star Wars is really odd at the moment in terms of there's all these shows that are supposed to be in production for a few years now, 
Yeah. And yet several of them are still just in production. Are they happening? Are they not happening? Like, what? It feels like that story group, as we've often discussed before, it, it still hasn't got its act together. And you kind of no. lurch from, oh, my goodness, this is really popular. Let's do more of that. Yes. Like, oh, so actually yes. people are interested in the prequel. Let's do more Clone Wars. Clone Wars is working. Let's do more Bad Batch. Yeah, let's. That's how it feels like Star Wars is done at the moment, rather Slightly than like, reactionary. this is the plan. Fine well, I don't blame them, though. Like, look what happened. They tried to create the sequel trilogy. They did a poor job of it, and it, the reaction of the fans was, we don't want any more of this. We want the things that we like. So they leaned into that, and look at the, how successful The Mandalorian was. Hmm. Yeah. Do we think that's do we think that's kind of sculpted in the way that they're taking it to your earlier comment, Ali, around the fact that Star Wars belongs on the big screen? Now I, I think that, but also I think I think it's short term success. Like, uh, do you need the short term success to turn out, fans? It, two years later, everyone can see the absolute car crash that it is. But at the time, yeah. there were lots of people who thought actually this is quite good. Mm. And yeah. I think quite often, it's not aging well. This this new Star Wars. Do you think and though that they need to have the short-term success to enable longer-term success to get the fans back on side again? Well, I don't even know. I think I think it's literally as simple as Disney need to make some money back from COVID. So anything that's successful, they make more of. I remember a time when people didn't like the prequels. See, I don't. The the I people do. who I the, yeah the people who I guess which considering I'm I'm ten years older than well eight years older than um alex sorry alex um but i'm more than 10 years older than the rest of you um i i grew up literally with the original trilogy and then the prequel trilogy came out effectively when i was what i was about 20 no just i was over 20 i was uh, i was best part of what 27 when the uh, the prequels came out and the hype was there and I watched them, and it was just like I just fell in love with Star Wars all over again. And the people, the the people who I knew then, because I didn't know any of you back then, um, they were all also massive fans of it. And and we all had the gripes around the fact that the acting was never as good as the original. The direction of the actors was never as good. George Lucas should have stayed firmly behind the camera rather than trying to direct at the camera. Um, and that's where it failed. The The story as a whole, there wasn't a problem with. And uh, I think, yeah. But I don't think you could deny, Dave, that, that there were people who didn't like it. Like, because, I don't know. We, we, we spoke I about that, that. I honestly, I hear that. But I never experienced that. I never experienced any of that 20 years ago. And I still hear people talking about it now. But I think well, I know well, I hear it now. <laughs> but I think I know what the difference is between then and now. Is Roast well, into glasses. Well, so, I, social media. Yes, that's one of the big things. But it, it's actually it. a point that was raised at the wedding when, when we were talking about Star Wars, Dave. Um, because my friend Rob, who I went to that film with, turned around today yeah. when I can't believe... Ali does a Star Wars podcast. He's a Trekkie. And it's absolutely right. And it's absolutely right, though. Because when I went and watched that prequel trilogy, I wasn't that bothered about Star Wars as I was Star Trek. And I didn't leave that entire series thinking this had been a car crash. I left it kind of thinking, all right, yeah, it's more Star Wars. It's good. It's fine. Whereas I think what happened was, was that with the sequel trilogy, after The Last Jedi, a third of the people really hated it. 
and you lost some people there. And then by the time that the third film comes around about that, people who loved The Last Jedi were so annoyed by the retcons that they decided yeah. they hated The Last... Sorry, they hated The Rise of Skywalker. And The Rise of Skywalker people who kind of hated The Last Jedi still hated that. And then lots of people were like, well, this is just a car crash. I just dislike it all. And I think there are more people in that bucket at the end of that trilogy than there was at the end of the prequel. I'm not saying people didn't like it, but I think the casual fans, more casual fans, as opposed to the hardcore, could like the prequels as opposed to the yes. sequels. But because it was a coherent story. Star Wars. Yes. To make, you know, we saw that because the, the hardcore fans, they went and saw Solo. But it was the other people that make the money for that for in the cinema, and they didn't turn up. Yes. And they didn't yes. turn up for The Rise of Skywalker like they did for The Last Jedi. We can see that in the yeah. figures. Yeah. So we know that the audience dropped off. And I think it did lose the casual fans. And by the time they watch it on Disney Plus or wherever they watch it, they're like, this is just a disaster. What the hell am I watching? Yeah. And I think and that's I, a huge problem. I think that's true. And I think I think that's true. But I also think that social media played a bigger part yeah, in I agree. that. Because in 2001, there was none of that. So... And I didn't have a huge group of friends who were that into Star Wars. I had one other friend who was into Star Wars. Me and him went to see it, and we loved it. And then I went to school, and some of my some other people were like, oh, "I saw it was stupid." Or, and like I remember the backlash was so bad. Didn't the little boy who played Anakin he like quit acting from it? Mm-hmm. So like yeah. then you see parallels with what happened with like Kelly Marie Tran. She didn't quit acting, but she had to like completely shut her social medias down because the fans were so vitriol to her. So. Ooh. You know, I would I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see what happens in 10 years time. You know, I honestly think a lot of why the prequels is even as oh, as much better now than it was, is that, um, you know, we have the Clone Wars miniseries of shows. And that really does a lot to fill in the back and the blanks and stuff. But to much Ali's point, like I didn't get out of the prequel trilogy thinking it was a car tri- car wreck. Like, I do think that the sequel trilogy is a bit of a car wreck. When you look at the difference between world building that George Lucas was able to do in the prequels and literally the lack of storytelling in the in the sequel trilogy, it's just it's it's you can you can see the difference. I mean, you just can't. You can see Disney's influence and it's almost as if they're missing one single person who's got a really good idea of what they want to do. Yes. Yeah, and, and that, leads that, that, it and makes it happen. Except they, they had now, and they turned it down for J.J. Abrams. Right, yes. and that was the, never he, forget he, that Star Trek, and they he had like, a treatment. <laughs> yeah, it's true. After after Rodenbury leaves um, Star Trek, and you suddenly give a film to Shatner, look at the disaster that happens there. It's the same thing. You know, some of the new Star Trek is is it's not the same, is it? It can't be. It's it's interesting because when you think of the way. The storytelling is done in the book of Boba Fett, trying to bring it full circle. Um, We're only two episodes in. There's clearly things that are working pretty well. And there are some that are. Because I think that the two episodes, like the episodes in The Mandalorian, count as far as giving us Yeah, okay, okay, okay. So, the. All right, let's. Okay, how about I phrase it this way? The, The two episodes ish that we had of him were showing him at his peak because we saw him take out stormtroopers we saw him pilot slave one we saw him be a an aide to the to the mandalorian going in to speak to bo katan in that cantina we saw boba fett at his finest in that respect yeah. yet 
what this series is exploring is him at his most vulnerable to a point, but also in a growing moment. So is that is that a problem? It seems. Yeah, it is because yeah. because of the Mandalorian. In the same breath, we saw him be the same character that could it, kill yeah. anyone in massive fights. So yeah, he's I, a problem. I, it's in the same yeah. breath. It's it's. And I'm not talking about the flashback scenes here. I'm talking about the yes. current ones where he's with Fennec yeah. and like it, it's it's literally weeks apart from the same character, yet they couldn't be yes. more different. And no, I'm I'm, I'm with you. He, he was destroying. Yeah, he was destroying stormtroopers, absolutely destroying them. You saw him use his his gaffy stick to oh, shatter yeah. a stormtrooper's helmet, and then. You like you said, you have them walking through the the Mos Espa, um, but they don't even carry guns, and it's just like it's is this Boba Fett? It's a case of he's not got his his um, blaster rifle. She's not got any weapon neither. He's resorting to using an explosive when there's energy shields around him, which let's face it was a stupid idea. Um, he's he's wearing a jetpack still. Why the hell didn't he think of just flying out of that? Thank you. I was screaming at the screen. You have a jetpack on. Yes. Just fly above them and rain death on them. Yes, yes thank you. Thank it's, you. It's um, it's it's weird some of the decisions they're making with this show, because they're like I found the second episode better than the first. I'm, you know. Yes. I think yeah. the yeah. first episode for me was okay to good. Didn't blow me away, mm-hmm. but there were parts of it where I thought, oh, right, this is pretty cool. But there were parts of it where I was like, oh, really? Whereas with the second episode for me was good to great. I think there was a lot in there that was good. There was obviously clearly in there that I didn't like that six legged creature thingy as an example. That was but, episode one. Maybe I'll get half. Oh, I'll mix them yeah, up. Six legged creature episode one. Perfect. Yeah. Right, there you go. Oh, episode two. Yeah, well, that's the, the flashback with the Tuscan Raiders learning how to use a gaffy stick and whatnot. Like that's right. dancing around the fire at the end of it. And I'm like, this what is that do you not find it quite slowly paced though it's the rebirth scene they needed it trust me it's It's very slow though you know why it's like and now let's go for the 10 minute flashback and now (laughs) we're back 10 minutes that was that was about half an hour that flashback. it was a good portion of the episode i just just it really slow and like I won't disagree that the painting's a bit slow, but I think that what they're trying to do is turn him into a hero from a sort of anti-hero back. Why would you do that? Because they have to be able to sell it to parents and kids at Disneyland. Why? Because for the same reason that Slave 1 is no longer Slave 1. Why? Isn't that a Woodson story? How he got that ship back, for example. Well, I would imagine his ship was probably locked up at at the spaceport, wouldn't it have been? Yeah, he just needs to pay the credits to to get it out. Get it out, yeah. To pay the docking. You can repossess surely by then. How long was he would in you, there? Would you would you repossess Boba Fett's ship? This version, would you yes. That's Boba Fett. The current ship. version, who rules by authority, not fear. Yes, yes, I would. I'm not too worried about it. Well, no, but like yeah. there's in a lot of the books, they talk about different different like smugglers and stuff who put basically like booby trap their ship so that people can't get into it. 
Mm. And I could imagine... Unlike the Mandalorian, who never did that. Also, like, I understand his loyalty to, like... I understand his loyalty to his new tribe, but he knows someone took his armour because he came out of the sand in it. And he waited five years to go and find it? We're going to find that out. What? Is that the yeah, time? Five years? Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah, what? the Mandalorian is five years. Like, so he comes out, he's like, I had my armor on a minute ago. It is now gone and I am burnt. I shall wait five <laughs> years to even think about looking for it. What the there's heck no, is there's that? There's no reference in time, though, between when he gets robbed of his armor by the Jawas to when pretty, he gets back. It must be pretty much straight away. That he was, yeah, but so when his skin, is, his skin is pretty burned, so there's definite yeah. indication that he's been out there for a while. For a while, yeah, for, yeah. For, for a while under two suns, you're probably looking at no more than a day yeah. or two. Yeah, I figured I'm 48 hours, for... 24 hours. You can't go. The human body can't go very long without water. No, not in See, the desert. The yeah, Months and then obviously, food, but how long is he with the Tuscan Raiders? Well, that's what well. I mean. So, so right. we're supposed to believe he spent five years with these guys. Because and when we get in the Mandalorian, he's still wearing the same thing that he's wearing at the end of that he is, episode. Yes. He's and you're dressed. like, no point. You thought, go get my armor. Well, maybe he didn't know Cobb Vanth existed. It does seem he was semi sort of tracking it because he was looking for the Jawas initially who stole yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. But also, how how does he know this what is my Jawas chain was? There's a ton that of Jawas. Armor. Yeah. It just seems a bit. I'm hoping we get answers to this. So that's something that I'm hopefully looking forward to in the future. But Ali because... doesn't want answers. <laughs> clearly, yeah. It's true. It's true. It's he only because I like the sound of my to... voice that I'm watching it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I thought it was interesting to see the elite rich people of Tatooine in a clean area. That, that is how you do a casino scene note to yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eerie me. That is how you do a casino no, scene. Like bite for you. But what did I we think about the Max musicians Rebo surviving the barge? Max, well, well, Max, was Max Rebo Max on Rebo. the barge? Well, he was. He, was he, he goes down. No, he wasn't on the barge. No, I didn't think he was. I've read articles. But they did lose some was. people on the barge. Could be wrong. But I've read articles saying that he was, and it was one of those surprise. He survived that? Mm, I didn't think he was. They did have less people in the band now, so maybe some of them died and some of them didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, so Cy Snootles isn't there. The, yeah. the, sing, the singer with the big red lips. Yeah. Um, and there's and only Dro- red roadians Dro- now. Yeah there's, yeah, there's no Droopy McCool, but he has got a biff by the look of it. And he's got a, he's got a droid on drums. Yeah, well, I saw that, yeah. Hasn't he got... Isn't DJ Rex in there from the... Cantina. Well, so this is this is an interesting thing for me because from Galaxy's Edge, sorry, Dave. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. from a timeline perspective, Justin, <laughs> it it kind of kind of doesn't work. Oh, so <laughs> That's the one thing I like clear. doesn't work. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it's because he if if the Star Tours ride is canon, that's in the Disney World parks. Now, this has never been said to be canon, right? So he was the pilot of the Star Tours vehicle at that point in time. And when that happens, he's a pilot and it's literally in the times of Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. So when we fast forward to 
Batu being created in Disney World and Disneyland. He is a DJ in the cantina because he's lost his job. So there's a type a period in the middle where we don't know what he's done. So when I first saw it, to your point, Ali, I thought, hold on a minute, it's, it's got to be like a, you know, like we have many C, C3 droids or R2 droids. I'm thinking it's a different one. But then so many people are like, no, 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 it's, it's, it's got to be DJ Rex. And then I started, I've clearly thought about this, as you can see. Um, I, I'm like, from a timeline perspective, it actually works. So maybe he had a middle job before he found himself being a DJ in the cantina. Can't have a gap in that employment. <laughs> he, needs, he needs to earn his credits, right? So why not? Why not be a drink server? Maybe that's how he learns how to be a DJ. He was a drink server in the cantina in this in in, in Tatooine, and all of a sudden, learned how to play the uh, decks. <laughs> Unbelievable. The question is, who owns him and who reprogrammed him? Because droids don't necessarily learn. Ooh. Well, I don't know because the IG droids do. The which ones? Ah. IG-88, IG... Yeah, but they were designed to fight, like, Jedi, weren't they? And stuff like that? Like, they were well, designed to be, well, like, hunters and stuff. So that would make assassin, sense. Yeah, assassin droids. Assassin droids. Droids, you've also, droids you've, are very bound to their programming. Well, you've got, um, again, for Return of the Jedi, Forlom, um, one of the other bounty hunters, he was a protocol droid that had broken his programming and decided that he was masterless and chose his own route. So you must get droids who can do that. They say that, they often comment on that where that's why they constantly erase droids and reformat them, is because aberrations in the programming start to happen over the long, which is partly what they comment on R2 and C-3PO having not been erased for so long. But then there is the point, you know, at the end of the sequel trilogy where they, or the prequel trilogy where they do get a minimum reset, you know, because Bail Organic. What's that? Chopper in Rebels. He was yeah. one of those who didn't get reset, and he really right. developed personality. And right. of course, yeah. the uh, the Millennium Falcon with its sex bot. <laughs> with its uh, with its dueling personalities. Well, you know, not sure Lando's my type, but you know, whatever. <laughs> that was uh, oh, definitely the weirdest. Parental warning on this show, aren't I? Bloody hell! <laughs> Why? I don't know that it was that illicit. Yeah, I don't think I was. I, what what, what else is it called? She was a navigation droid. There you but go. Tell that to Lando. <laughs> Depends what she's navigating. <laughs> Sorry, did I hear a navigating and ride joking once? Hold on, gents. <laughs> I'm struggling how I'm going to draw this back to Book of Boba Fett now. <laughs> um, okay, no, no, we can actually. Is he going to have a romantic interest? Please don't. Because there is something that keeps him there for five years and doesn't exist at the end, or sorry, in during, when we meet him in The Mandalorian. Because there's a reason he's gone back out there into space. So here's my opinion on why it maybe took five years. Number one, also, I, 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 it's interesting. I didn't know it was five years that he was with the Tuscans. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Or we don't we know, don't know if it's five years. It could be like three. three on ta- three, it must be Tatooine. Okay. It's five years between. I can between see where the, the galaxy thinking. I can see where the galaxy thinking you're dead benefits a man like him. He's got a lot of enemies, right? You know, so I could see where maybe re, we're healing up over those five years. But it's like Tuscans don't have back to tanks. So how is it he was able to go and 
ride a speeder bike and jump people onto a train, but then he gets attacked in the city of Mos Espa and he needs to be carried back by his Gamorrean yeah. guards. You know, there is, I, unless they explain that something happened to him that has wounded that's him and that's why he had to leave. So like Alex, I'm hoping that they explain it a little better because there is some inconsistencies that I just don't understand at this point. The Gamorreans yeah. also seem to have been on a bit of a diet, don't they? They don't seem as fat. No. They seem a bit more toned. Yeah. Yeah, looking after right themselves. They're, they're all, they're all mean, muscle people like Justin. <laughs> I mean, surely, though, as, a, as somebody who's a, a... If they're your bodyguards, you're going to want people in shape, not fat people. Sorry. Well, it didn't, didn't bother um, Jabba, did it? Yeah, but nobody's... wasn't Jabba. <laughs> the question is, do they have, like, ant-like strength? Are they, Can they lift three times their body weight? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Who knows? So, so I think we've we've kind of gone into a bit of detail of some of the things that have annoyed us or we have gripes with or what we hope to come. What do we like about Book of Boba Fett? Well, I did mention I like all the aliens, so I did. We didn't spend totally. the exploring of the of the the wide world, even though we are on a single planet, is is a good thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Even in the even in the cantina, which again was a good thing. There were a lot of species and even different droids that were in there as well, which I really liked. So I thought that was a really good. Uh, interesting that a Twi'lek's running it as well. Um, the other thing that made me laugh in that particular scene is how we see the inside of Boba Fett's helmet. Oh, yeah. Full of coins, which is quite interesting. Well, that was, but that was because he'd just been given a load of coins. The offering, wasn't it? Well, that's yes. the it's, it's tribute. Yeah. yeah. Tribute, that's it. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, but the again, I thought, I thought he will be carried by a litter by the end of the season. That's that's the prediction I want from all of you. I'd love to see I, that. Um, I don't want to see it. I wonder if he doesn't realize he can't rule from a place of respect in a in the in the scummiest hive of villains and and. It's not that scummy. He looks quite nice. There's some reputable establishments. Sanctuaries about. Jabba's palace still looks pretty dingy. Unnecessarily <laughs> so now we've seen other bits. I want him to go complete 180. So he's like, okay, I'm going to try and do this through respect. Actually, that doesn't work. I'm going to do it by fear. So I don't want him to be carried on a litter. I think that's too pretentious for Boba Fett. I want him to just walk around with a gun and start shooting people saying, if you don't like me, I'm going to kill you. Because that's the bubble we think we know and love. Yes. That's what I'd like to see. Not to be carried, but to turn around and go, you know what? My, my town, my rules, don't like it, I'll shoot you. I definitely That's also Fennec Shand. People around a little bit. Yeah. Can we bring up the Luke Skywalker problem as well? Which the, the fact, The fact that the guy who killed him is out there and he doesn't seem to be that bothered about finding any revenge or anything. Maybe he's got past revenge. Does he know that it was Skywalker that killed him? Well, it wasn't. It was, um, it was Han Solo. He was, he was the guy who, who bust into there and was... Yeah, you no, were. It, it was Han Solo. It wasn't Bob. It was, it was Han Solo. The final bit was, but they were fighting beforehand. Like, the guy who was majorly involved in it and wouldn't have rescued without him. Yeah. He in his career. Yeah, I suppose if he wanted revenge for everybody that he had a fight with, well, I suppose he's a bounty hunter at the end yeah, of the day, so maybe he I does. I mean, it's just, it's just like this, yeah, it's, it's kind of... Personally... 
I'd like to see Luke come back and put him back in that bloody Sarlacc pit would be fine for me. <laughs> well, the Sarlacc pit's dead. <laughs> Make sure he doesn't have a helmet this time. Find a way out. Find another one. <laughs> well, uh, just talking about the Sarlacc pit, I, I actually quite like, I like, I like the way he escaped. Chop his head off. I, I don't know. That just felt a bit plasticky like to me. I, I wasn't impressed by the CGI or the graphics in that. It feels cheap. The way he, well, the way he escaped in the book sucked about the bounty hunter wars yeah so i think that that was a bit lame but the way they've done it the way he was smart enough to get the oxygen smart enough to make the stormtrooper kind of give him not give him take it from him effectively and then blow it up i like that stormtroopers don't carry oxygen otherwise they'll be able to function in space and they can't function in space that's why you're space purifier things though in there which is what he's but that's a that's a that's a purifier. That's of oxygen. Why didn't it run out with the stormtrooper using it? Well, and when is the where did that stormtrooper come from? Yes, <laughs> yes. That's my question. He he might have been absorbed ten years ago, right? Because <laughs> obviously it's over a thousand years it digests, right? Yeah. But the oxygen's but I, I still thought, working. I mean, clearly the Empire are present on Tatooine. Yeah, right. Because we see but them. Is maybe they went out to see what happened because they heard about it and they went to investigate and saw this broken sail barge and one dude happened to fall in. But by that point, I don't know. I, I thought it was odd that there was a stormtrooper in there in like not completely digested. Yeah, I mean, I just and he climbed out through yeah, sand. How did he climb out through sand? He couldn't use his jetpack. Did he literally? <clears throat> As he's already died. Like what? There's people who've been buried alive who have dug themselves out. That far down. Ask, ask, ask Pat Aswald, he knows. It's a mystery, I, Ali. Unfortunately, it isn't. I saw <laughs> it climbing out the sand, but with no reason why. <laughs> well, I liked it. <laughs> I, yeah. Overall, I've liked it. I, I thought, you know, you I have, it. I think if you tell Fed's story, you have to tell how he got out of the Sarlacc. So they, you know, they checked, they did that, and then they moved on. We, we use this phrase when we were talking about, I think it was an episode of The Bad Batch or the end of Clone Wars. I got on the Star Wars bus and I ran with it. I just liked it. I thought, all right, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. What were, the, what were the other big kind of key takeaways we took from, from Book of Boba Fett? Because from a good thing perspective. I, I do like the way that they built out Mos Espa better. So you, you get a much better view of the... the, the the way the city works. Have yeah, we seen Mos Espa before? It was the same city that um, the Bunter Eve is done in. Ah. I forgot about that. I thought the Bunter Eve was out in some other portion. No, that was, that was Mos Espa, and then Mos Eisley was uh, the cantina scenes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, Ali. Ali doing a little bit of a jig to the music. I love the way they use the same music as well to a certain extent. Twisted it a tiny bit, but yeah, but yeah, like yeah, same that. but different. I like that. Yeah, I the like. It reminds me a lot of solo music at times. Yeah, interesting. Well, in the train as well. Yeah, yeah. It well, feels I read very some... western to me. The the all the music feels very reminiscent of western film and stuff, and I really like that. I think I think the music in itself is its own character almost. It almost. Mm. It always is with Star Wars, right? Yeah, typically. You can't have a good Star Wars film without good music. 
and dare I say it, one of the only good things about Rise, the Rise of Skywalker and the Last Jedi was the score. The score of those yeah. two movies are very good. Forget the film. Yeah. Just think if you, if you look at the, the the way the score is structured and the way it's kind of presented as as part of the film, it's a fantastic thing to have as a, as a part of anything that Star Wars. And you know, I think in in previous conversations, Dave, I think you know we've we've kind of joked, haven't we? Where obviously being the artist that you are, you're about kind of the structure, the visuals, the way it looks and feels. And I've always lent to the music. And I, I, for for me, the music in Boba Fett is excellent as well. It's not well, I was good. a John Williams score, but no, but I find it good that they're able to find people who are able to continue. John Williams is not getting any younger. I mean, and yeah. he's effectively retired now, isn't he? Yeah. Well, he had yeah. some illness a couple of years ago, didn't he? He, he did. He, 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 he should have done the concert that we went to down in London. He should have done that, yeah. but he, he, he took ill and couldn't. Wasn't there conversations that he was going to do the new Indiana Jones film? That's again delayed. Um, but he was going to do that, but even now I think he's turned around and gone. No, I'm I'm too old for that. Mm. Which is he's earned it. He's earned it. He can put I his feet up constantly. Needed fifty times for his scores, more than like any other composer. Yeah, the most Oscar nominations. Yeah. Yeah. Like big bucket of win there, man. He's he's won loads as well. I think. Yeah, quite a few. Yeah. So, so to reiterate, to go back to the music of this, um, one of the things that did strike me was, and I think I remember saying this at the very beginning of The Mandalorian, one of the things that I struggled with was the music because it was so yeah, far did, away. Yeah, yeah. It was so far away from other Star Wars music. It, I, that, for me, it, it created a discontinuity, which I've eventually got over and, and it's fine now. But what I have noticed on this is the Mandalorian is more familiar. The music is more familiar. Um, For me, there is definite overtones of Solo every now and again and the music that was in Solo. Um, And I don't know if that was because the way that the Solo movie was done as a Western movie almost. Well, it is a heist movie and they do have like basically another train heist at the end of episode two here. So there is there is definitely parallels, I believe. Hmm. That, that that's an interesting one, isn't it? Like the, the the train scene was interesting for me as well. The way they clearly trained, well, Boba Fett clearly trained the Tuscan Raiders to use a speed of bike. And the, the first thing that I laughed at that point is when he brought back the bikes that he'd stolen. Uh, the first thing they wanted to do was take them apart. Yeah, rip them to pieces. Yeah, and I just thought that's such an interesting way to think about what they would generally do. Ali shaking his head, go on. Completely at odds with the prime directive of Star Trek. You should know that, Alex. Completely at odds. <laughs> Good thing we're not in Star Trek. <laughs> what? What kind of show is this? But well, it, it's, it's almost to show them as so primitive that they don't understand yeah. the benefit of technology. Well, and they mentioned it, too, that they don't have the machines. When he says, why don't, you know, they, he says, you're warriors. And they're like, but they have machines. Yeah. But why I not? Mean, if they've there, been there for thousands of years, why have they never tried to use machines previously? They've got blaster rifles, so they know enough about how guns work and, so and blaster here's my, energy. Here's question about that. In, in the games, those cycle rifles that they have shoot metal projectiles, but like in this, they shoot lasers. It's energy. 
off. Uh, yeah. When did they change that? Well, I thought the, all when Dave Filoni and, and John Favreau took over. They must have, because originally, like when you when you like when the Boontieve pod race when they're on the when they're on the overhang and they're shooting at the pod racers, you hear the metal ping off of the off the side. So yes. at some point they yeah, converted yeah. blasters, I guess. Yeah. In the last yeah. Thirty some odd years. Lazy script writing. Lazy. Yes. Yes. It's an easy way which, out to a certain extent, isn't it? Yeah. Which which Can brings you... us back to, to why collectively we've struggled with what Disney have done over the last what what is now eight, nine years, two thousand and twelve they took over. What yeah. we've struggled with is because of a lack of long term vision and continuity tying it all together. You you have to look at what Kevin Feige has done with Marvel. And he had, he set out his goalpost and said, in 15 years, we will have that. And we will achieve that. And we will have many steps on the way there. And even if the odd movie fell flat, the, the view was, well, don't worry, because it's part of something much bigger. And we will eventually get to that. And they've achieved it. And if if you were to go back 10, 15 years, would you believe that Marvel could be spitting out in a good year, ignore COVID, could be spitting out somewhere in the region of four good movies a year that consistently are achieving half billion to billion turnover um, um, takings at the box office? You couldn't you couldn't imagine that. You couldn't imagine that there'd be the longevity there, that the, the customer would continue to go back and sit through another superhero movie. But you seem to be failing in Lucasfilm with that. Do you know how oh, bad it's like... got? Go on. Sorry. Sorry? You know, this is how bad it's got. We don't even know what the next film is anymore. Because it was supposed no. to be the Patty Jenkins film. Which is it Rogue Squadron gone. or whatever it was? But after yeah, the failure of Wonder Woman eighty four, it was this a bad is how reactionary that. Star Wars is at the moment. It looks Can like she was dropped and not replaced. And so is that what 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 is the next Star Wars film now? No one knows because there are yeah. rumors that that film might be happening, but it might not. And then Ta- Taika Waititi film, we think it's happening. Is it? Like, can you imagine that happening in like? Any other huge well, franchise. Again, well, again, go back That's to Marvel. That's how bad the planning is right now. Well, I was going to say, go, go back to Marvel. Marvel have got a roadmap of, of films. And, and again, it's all been delayed because of COVID, but it's not been cancelled and completely shelved and written off and what have you. There is still, right, okay. And even when you have the death of Black Panther, there is still a plan to have a Black Panther 2 movie and they still have a long-term vision of continuing the legacy of Black Panther. Whereas, as you say, Disney, when's the next movie? What is the next movie? What will be the subject of the next movie? Where's their focus at the moment? Disney Plus. The, Mar- the Marvel way of writing is is very new. That's not the way that, you know studios and them have done it before and they pioneered that and dave filoni or i mean um john favreau and them you know really architected that so that like you said it can be planned out five ten fifteen years in advance and but disney owned that. that 
Disney own that? Why yeah, isn't Disney the... sat above it saying, look, we know he's doing it and this entire writing group is doing it and they're turning them out and they're knocking the ball out of the park year after year after year. We know this can be done. So why can't you? The problem is I feel well, like can, Dave, but every single director struggles with Star Wars. And then they either don't get to see their vision or they get sacked halfway through. Or they give it to Ryan Johnson, who's the best director they've ever worked with, and it's a bloody disaster. Yeah. I'd like to separate the... I'd like audiences to start separating the writing and the story from the director, because they're not the same. Yes. Agreed. Yes. Agreed. So that's another thing. We want to blame the director sometimes when really it's the shit story that they had to deal with. You know, For for the entire sequel trilogy, it was the director writing the story. Right, which is unique in that regard. And because Boba Fett is being written by John Favreau, and he's directing most of them, not all of them, but he's directed any of them. Robert Rodriguez did the first one. Robert Rodriguez did episode one, and a different guy named something Seth did the second one. Was it not a woman who did the second one? No, I think it was a man. Because I I know Dave Filoni's He's wrote wrote all of them. He's not directing them. But he's not directing all of them. Okay, okay, I'll tell that back. So we've dissected the ups and downs, I think, of these first two episodes enough. So I'm going to ask a couple of questions for you guys while we are wrapping up this particular show before we get to final thoughts. Dave, where do you want this to go for the next four episodes? I want the Tuscan background to become less of a focus because it's too much of a focus at the moment. And I want to see Boba Fett in the present, which which is Mandalorian time, carving out his new empire and showing how he manages it. Justin, same question to you, mate. I want to see some sort of stakes. They're just starting to show us, you know, they brought the twins in and stuff, and they're just starting to hint at the trouble that's coming. I want to, I want them to get to that. As much as I do enjoy the character development and, and showing the rebirth of Boba Fett into this new hero that they're working on, and, you know, too much like, you know, we discussed here, some things I don't like, but I want to start seeing where they're going with it. Give me something that connects it to the larger galaxy. Give me more of the Pikes. Give me some of the Crimson Dawn. I would be thrilled if if Darth Maul showed up. <laughs> Ali, do you care where it goes? Different question for you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's literally what I put. As someone who wishes this story didn't exist, <laughs> so I just literally wrote down. Um, <laughs> um, no, I literally don't care where this goes. All, all I'd like to see is that there is, to Justin's point, an interesting storyline that I don't drop out of i want to finish um like you know the way the bad batch really lost me towards the end and i just couldn't be bothered to finish it i would like this to keep my interest and and i would say to your point after the first episode i was really worrying if i'd be bothering to finish this but the second one was more interesting so if the mm-hmm. third one is more interesting still then i regard that as progress and that's good enough for me i have a question okay. low expectations <laughs> none yeah. none at all <laughs> Ali, I got a question. Okay. What Star Wars story do you want to see? 
Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I want to see Obi Wan. I really want to see that. Okay. I but really... that's the past. It's a past. It's a story you already know. I don't you know fill though. In the blanks apparently he's going off. Apparently he's fighting Darth Vader. I didn't know that. Happened. I know, and that no, I'm I'm not happy about that. I'm not happy <laughs> that's about what that. Irritates well, I didn't know that was happening. Did you know that, Dave? Yeah. yeah. When when last we met, I was but the student. Now I am the master. Thank you. Implies implies that was the last time they fought was when he was the Padawan, or he was just a newly crowned Jedi Knight against Obi Wan the Master. Yeah, but in the same same time frame and same sentence, he also says you should not have come back. Yeah, exactly, because he thought meaning, he was dead. Meaning he's returning to the Death Star, right? No, he should not have come back because, as far he as you're concerned, the last time he'd seen him was 20 reality. years. But that's yeah. why they think that they they meet up again on um. Oh, geez, what's the what's the lava planet called which has gone from my head? Yeah, that's where they say where they shouldn't meet again. Hmm. Like, because that's what it looks like where the second big fight is going to happen, doesn't it? But I, it, sorry, to answer your question, I am interested in that, but I think it's because it's a bit of Star Wars that's very dear to me and I love. I will probably hate it after I see it, then ruin it in a new fantastic <laughs> way. But for the moment, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm also very much looking forward to going on um, Rise of the Resistance. If I can do that in the next month, I would very much look forward to doing that. I'm I'm going to be interested in hearing your take on it, because obviously it's saying... I've seen it for the last two years, so I know exactly so... every scene. I know where to look to see like where Finn is in what scene and whatever. Oh, spoiler. Depends, because it's different depending on where you're on the ride vehicle, what part of the story you see. Yeah, and what oh, lane you get, what lane you get in as well. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Like, so I'm hoping to. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to Star Wars rides, and I'm looking forward to um, uh, bashing Star Obi-Wan. Wars with you guys. Yeah. So nothing, <laughs> nothing in relation to Book of Boba Fett whatsoever. No. I think he'll be happy if it's better, but he's not gonna die. If it's so, so with that in mind, gentlemen, I'm gonna get your final thoughts for today. And Dave, I'm gonna start with you because you're down at five percent. Brain power, Um, both (laughs) concentration. (laughs) Um, Have you just watched the book of Boba Fett? (laughs) The second episode was better than the first episode. Um, I love the fact that it's um, building a. I love the world building. I I I, I we've, I've slated the fact that there's too much of the sand people, but I also love the fact of how they built it out and provided much more history and so, about their society and and for me I've really enjoyed that. Um, so what I'm hoping is that they continue to move forward and stop looking backwards and um yeah continue with the world building justin final thoughts from you mate final thoughts for me i want a sons of tatooine swoop gang show um i definitely want something more because there's lots of swoop gang stories that happen in the books and stuff so it was really cool for me to see that stuff. Um, I love the Easter eggs, having so much knowledge of EU stuff. So, you know, I just want more Easter eggs and more, hey, look at this. But at the same time, it, as I said, it has to have some sort of story. or Because the Bad Batch, as much as I like it, it's at times I find myself 
really having to slog through it because it just to me that they're not getting to the point fast enough. Mm. So Agreed. what's the swoop gun? Uh, the swoop bikes. Swoop, 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 swoop bikes. They're called swoop bikes. Those bikes okay. that, that he stole from that gang. I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good fact. Mr. Contrary, final thoughts from you, mate. I am looking forward to not hating it in four weeks' time. <laughs> hey, that's my face. <laughs> he hasn't quite written it off yet. If we can. Possibly. <laughs> I, I would like it if I found an episode that I wanted to rewatch. That would be quite nice. I watched episode two again straight away where I didn't episode one. So that's an interesting note on my side. I had to rewatch episode one today. I was, gonna, I was just about to say, I think the only I've only watched two or three of the Mandalorian episodes twice. The rest of them are one and done. First series. Yes, Luke Skywalker was one of those on heavy rotation for the Mandalorian. I've rewatched that just that scene probably half a dozen times. And the heavy rotation. (laughs) Yeah. Final thoughts from me. Um, I'm I'm at a point where I'm hoping it continues to get better. Yeah. One one was like I said earlier on, average to good. The second one was good to great. So I'm really hoping it starts to progress. And some of the words coming out of Lucasfilm is that things happen that will blow your mind. So if that's happening, get there pretty quick, please. Because there are, they're, they're kind of, we're losing daylight. Let's be honest. Um, we've only got four episodes. It's like with, with the Hawkeye series, again, as a comparison, that was only six episodes. We got to the really interesting bits really fast. And then the, the massive bit at the end, which has completely blew me away. Uh, but I won't spoiler it for anybody who hasn't seen it. I think everybody's nodding their head on here, so everybody in here has, which is good. Um, but nevertheless, I just want it to get to a point where it's where we want it to be. I think that's my final thought. And the final, final thought is thank you. We've just spent the last hour and 50-odd minutes discussing a show that's two episodes in that we're all a little bit, oh, it's good. But it needs to get better about. So I'm looking forward yeah. to further shows where we go into a bit more detail. Don't go promising further shows. We can't guarantee that. <laughs> we need to guarantee further shows because there's a show. When, when there's no TV shows, we have nothing to talk about. <laughs> Whereas, obviously, we do have a show. Um, and with that being but said. We do have the whole Bad Batch to go over. And, and we can we can retrospectively run through the last season of Bad Batch. Do yes, we want we to? Do well, we did it with Alan. Probably so. not. <laughs> I'm busy that day. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll give you a retrospect. It was all right. There you go. I'll give you a retrospect. Oh. It wasn't all right. <laughs> you don't think that her being Fett's sister was all it could have been in that five minutes? That that didn't make the rest of the season all well worth it? Absolutely. Oh, oh, oh. That's that, the other thing I was going to quickly ask. No, I didn't get that far. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did get that do, far. Do we think Cad Bane will turn up? I've read this. I hope not. I mean, he was a bounty hunter, but I don't see the bounty hunter it's portion like, of this being as big. Guest he's star of the week Fett. again. I could do without that. Yeah. He was, he's got history with Fett. It was so Luke Skywalker. You don't think he's going to turn up? Good point. 
good point. Pretty much anybody who's come in contact with Fed has some problem with him. Well, yeah, that's another one as well. Come back, though, because they've shown a lot of Trandoshans. I want to know if Bosk shows up. Wouldn't it be great if a load of clones turned up with daddy issues? <laughs> well, they're talking about they want, they want their chat back child support. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not the daddy before you say anything, Dave, unless you've paused. Oh, Dave's gone. Oh, we lost Dave. Oh. So that's a great point to wrap up. Let's wrap up. So again, we've done our final thoughts. We are the Jedi Council. Thank you very much for spending the last hour, hour and a half, no, hour and 50 odd minutes talking about the Book of Boba Fett. If you want to learn more about us, you can find us online. We are www.the-jedi-council.com. Look, look us up on all the socials. We are on Twitter at the Jedi underscore council. We are on Instagram at the Jedi underscore council underscore TJC. Look at us on Facebook. We are TJC underscore the Jedi underscore council. Find us on YouTube where we haven't done a video for bloody ages, actually. Over uh, a year. The last one was you with trainers. On my tra- which I actually wore for the first time in Galaxy's Edge recently. Um, really comfortable. Um, uh, absolutely. I fit right in. Um, I actually got complimented on my Star Wars shoes, which I quite enjoyed. Um, and then we have, what are we on YouTube? We are, yeah, just the Jedi Council. Look for us on that as well. Find our historical podcasts on all of your good podcast devices. Things like SoundCloud is where we do our hosting. Again, the Jedi Council. Find us on Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Player.fm, iOS Pod app, the Android iPod device thingy that you have. Um, He's trying to say Alexa. No, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say. I can say it because I've got my headphones in. So yeah, her. She. You can actually ask her to play your play our podcast for you on all of your Google devices and Amazon devices as well. I think that's it. Have I missed anything, gents? Other than to wish everyone a happy New Year. Indeed, happy, happy New Year everybody. from the Jedi Council. And may the force be with you. Always. Remember, the force will be with you. Always.